Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good Wednesday morning. Asia Pacific markets are trending lower this morning. Tokyo is off nearly half a percent. Seoul is trading marginally lower. Bourses in Hong Kong and South Korea are closed today for holidays. Breaking news in the U.S. U.S. House of Representatives has just passed a measure to avoid a government shutdown. The bill still faces hurdles in the U.S. Senate, though. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. How's Wednesday looking, Ryan Huang? Happy hump day, Michelle. And to you. U.S. stocks tried to rally overnight. They tried to recover from Monday's big sell-off, but a late session burst of buying faded into the final minutes, leaving the major indices mixed. So the Dow and the S&P 500 finished marginally lower. NASDAQ finished a bit higher. The market, it seems, basically went into waiting mode. And there are two major stories that they are watching closely to see how they'll pan out this week. The first, and this has been a major area of focus since markets turned bearish at the beginning of the week, is the troubled Chinese property giant Evergrande. And the second, of course, the U.S. Federal Reserve, which will issue a statement tonight after wrapping up a two-day meeting. So let's start with Evergrande. The developer has some $300 billion U.S. dollars in liabilities. It was due to make interest payments payments to banks at the start of this week, bond payments due tomorrow. Uh, these payments to banks were scheduled for Monday, but lenders usually get about a 24-hour reprieve, mm. which takes us to Tuesday. So what do we know about those payments? Did Evergrande miss the payments to banks or not? Well, guess what? They missed the payments. So not a surprise to many people watching the entire saga. So it is widely expected to just try to push away all these um, liabilities as much as it can. So that is because it doesn't have the cash pay up. And the latest reports point to how it has missed paying at least two of its largest bank creditors. And this, of course, um, is not official yet. So it's based on uh, what we are getting based on sources. And the banks who are in discussions with Evergrande seem to be talking about giving them an extension in terms of paying back. So that is... In the, in the backdrop of what's happening with the next steps for the banks. And the next one to watch out for, the next milestone, will be tomorrow when Evergrande is due to pay interest on two bonds. And that will be around $83 million. So that's going to be closely watched. And another point of interest for markets to decide whether they are more jittery than they can be already. Yeah, another data point for the market. So the next hurdle for Evergrande tomorrow, that's when it's scheduled to make payments to corporate bondholders. S&P Global Rating says a default is likely. Evergrande is not only in debt to investors, but also apparently to its own employees who were given a choice, lend us money or lose your bonus. That hardly seems fair, Ryan. And now the company's founder is trying to reassure staff that everything will be okay. Mixed messages, tell us more. Yeah, I'm just waiting for a movie to come out, right? <laughs> so this company is struggling for cash and it turns to its own employees to borrow money. Hey, give me some money and I'll give you a high interest rate in return. But guess what? It has dried up. It's not paying back the employees anymore. Oh. So even the employees who themselves are being hounded by property buyers are in hot soup, right? Mm. They loaned the company money. They are, well, looking at how things are going going to have a hard time getting it back. And this happened sometime earlier this month. And you now have hundreds of employees panicking, joining the thousands of um, home buyers demanding their money back from Evergrande. So 
we've heard about reports about some of these uh, protesters just camping outside the offices of China, China Evergrande. And so now employees themselves may join this crowd. <laughs> Switching sides. Investors are still trying to assess whether Beijing will bail out Evergrande and if it doesn't, whether the short shockwaves are going to be felt far and wide, you know, beyond Chinese banks. Next up, the US Federal Reserve. This September meeting has been widely anticipated as the Fed is expected to provide details or at least a signal as to how and when it'll start wrapping up its bond buying program. Now, those purchases were put in place at the start of the pandemic to provide more liquidity to the economy. So Ryan, tell us more. Uh, what are investors going to be looking out for when Jerome Powell speaks tonight? Yeah, there are two things to watch out for, mainly two things. One is details on tapering. So by and large, many are watching out for a tapering to be announced in November. So they are going to be watching out for any sort of outline or framework that could paint the um, path for this tapering criteria to be met. So that's going to be watched. And of course, we can expect a bit of a balancing act between you know, revealing too much and revealing too little, just enough for the markets to digest and maybe price in a bit of what might happen. So that is the balancing act that Fat Chai Drone Power has to walk every time. And mm. if you look at the other thing to watch out for, mm. that will be the dot plot graph. This is the quarterly outlook from the Fed in terms of where it sees the economy as well as when it thinks interest rate hikes might start to kick in. And in the past um, dot plot graph, we saw some indications of Fed officials pointing to two Fed hikes or two interest rate hikes in 2023. And we also had two officials pointing to the first hike in 2022. So markets will be watching out for any change in the position of these dots. Will we see more members changing their minds to a earlier timeline? And if it does happen, it could mean a more hawkish tone overall. And that could start to see some moves in the markets. For example, if the hawkish tone does come through, it mm-hmm. could mean a uh, stronger US dollar. So if we see an addition to the 2022 dot forecast, the addition of dots there, then uh, likely a signal that Fed members see an increase of inflation as being more than that T word, more than transitory. Mm. So time for a check on the latest COVID-19 news. Three headlines really caught my eye this morning. First, Johnson & Johnson. So J&J's vaccine, unlike Pfizer and Moderna, only requires one shot, not two. But now we have new data about the vaccine's efficacy when a booster shot is given. What's the latest? So J&J says if you take the booster shot within two months after the first dose, it will be 94% effective. So this will increase antibody levels by four to six times compared with the one shot alone. So that's pretty good news if you look at how the booster shot situation is developing and gives a bit of encouragement to how things could be managed. Well, Johnson & Johnson shares finish up nearly half a percent on the news overnight. Next up, let's move to Malaysia. I have to say this headline caught me a little by surprise. We have new details about Malaysia's vaccination rate. How's it doing? Okay, well, going by the number, it looks quite encouraging because it has reached at least 80%. So that is its target for what it calls herd immunity threshold. So that comes through from a tweet from the Prime Minister, and that gives some indication that it might be ready to start 
opening up parts of the economy, for example, tourist spots, including Genting Highlands, uh, Tioman, the state of Malacca. So those could open up soon for tourists. Um, and you also have some places like gasoline stations, eateries and convenience stores will be allowed to stay open for longer until midnight. So that will be good news for business. Um, but of course, closely watched will be the number of cases still. I think we are still looking at new infections at a high, rather high rate. Yeah, I know. Yesterday it was over 15,000 for new cases. Um, still, with all the easing, I wonder if this means that our border restrictions might ease. Something to look forward to. Our third COVID story this morning relates to a locally listed company, Biolytics. It has a new test out. Now, this test is not whether to see if you have COVID-19. Instead, it actually checks your immunity to it. Ryan, tell us about this. Yeah, so this is the catalyst-listed MacTech firm, Biolytics. So it's developed a what's called clear EpiNap test product. So it detects an individual's protective immunity against COVID-19. So the good news here is it's received approval to market and sell it in Europe. So that was a big boost for a share price yesterday, up nearly 80 plus percent to 23 and a half cents. So a big driver for a share price. Time for corporate headlines and it is a game of up or down. Are you ready, Ryan? Let's go. Disney. Disney, that's going to be a down for me. And that's because CEO Bob Chappack has said the fourth quarter is going to be a tougher time for subscriber growth for Disney Plus Plus, uh, because for COVID-19, it's facing delays in production, it's having trouble getting its partners in Latin America especially to uh, roll out Disney Plus' new Star Plus streaming service. And of course, one of the big um, content drivers. The India Premier League is still suspended. So that will all hurt subscriber numbers and it's forecasting low single-digit millions, far mm. below what some analysts are looking out for, 13 million at one, in one case. Yeah, down for me for Disney as well. I mean, it shares tumbled on the company warning that that new subscriber growth for Disney Plus may be slowing down. Next, let's look at Subway. Mm, Subway, that's going to be a down for me, or rather that's going to be up for me, excuse me, because <laughs> it says sales were at their strongest in eight years after revamping their menu. This in August, yeah, it's up for me as well. Makes me hungry for a Subway too. Next, let's look at Revolut. Okay, this is interesting. It's an up for me, Revolut. And this is because it has pretty much gotten approval to set up a US brokerage dealer license. So you might be familiar with Revolut for being um, the Transfers, way foreign transfers. To avoid the fees yeah. that some people uh, you know, find it too expensive in normal cases. So mm-hmm. you can use Revolut to get around those currency conversion fees. So it has added a couple of features in the past few years, banking, trading, crypto features, but now it can possibly compete with the likes of Robinhood and Square by offering free commission trading. So that will be good news for it and also interesting news for users because um, you can now maybe use your spare change from your transactions to trade alongside um, what's happening in the markets. Wow. So, Revolut taking on Robinhood and others in the U.S. with their commission-free stock trading. Next, let's look at the Universal Music Group. Up or down? That's going to be an up for me because they made their debut on the markets and they had a huge day one pop 
up around 36% in European trading. Absolutely up. In fact, we previewed this one on Market View Minute last week. So the Universal Music Group debuted in Amsterdam yesterday. Share price surged nearly 40%. Now, there are a couple of local news items to touch on before we check in on the markets this morning. Now, first yesterday, we talked about how Singapore is preparing to issue bonds for the first time. The funds raised will be used to finance infrastructure projects. The total amount of debt to be issued, though, was still a mystery until now. Now, just how much money is Singapore going to tap the markets for? Yeah, it's looking to raise $2.6 billion. And of course, this is the inaugural sale of bonds under the Singer Act or the Significant Infrastructure Government Loan Act, which will allow the government to borrow up to $90 billion over the next 15 years to fund things like new MRT lines, uh, as well as pumping stations and tidal walls to protect the country against rising sea levels. So all of that um, is going to be benefiting the current and future generations. So it's spread out over many years. So here we have the SGS and it's going to be pretty much open for the usual auction. People can bid for it next Tuesday as they regularly do for the uh, previous SGS bonds. Yeah, a method of lumping out those uh, infrastructure payments over generations. So we have news about the land site over by Marina Bay Sands that is for sale. The plot was on the government's reserve list, but an application earlier this year triggered its release. How many companies bid for this plot of land? Well, let's look at this special site at Marina View. Only one company bid it for it. So that is uh, raising a few eyebrows. And it's not just the number of companies that bid it for it. It's also the price that they paid. So this came in at $1.508 billion, just $101 more than the price of on the reserve list that the government was looking out for. So that is also uh, raising eyebrows for the quantum. So a couple of reasons here. And it's worth noting that this is for developing a hospitality um, kind of business. And of course, hotels are going to be under pressure for quite some time. And that could be one reason why there is a lack of appetite for this space. And also worth noting, the development timeline for this is longer than usual. Um, Typically, it's around five years. And the URA has stipulated a seven-year project completion period. So that means it will be possibly higher risk when you're in the market developing this for so long. Mm. And that could put off some developers from just jumping on board. So Mm -hmm, they could mm -hmm. be saving their bullets for something else. Now, the site is earmarked for private residences and hotel use. And a lot of developers are hesitant about building new hotels, of course, given the current situation. IOI Property Groups isn't one of them, though. Let's turn to Singapore now. 20 minutes into the local trading day, the Straits Times Index rallied nearly three quarters of a percent yesterday to close at 30.63. So how's the STI trading this morning, Ryan? Let's take a quick look. Look, It's like the STI is giving back some of those gains. It's Mm. down 0.4% at 3,052. And... You only have five counters in the green. So yesterday was good news for aviation-related counters because of the news around the U.S. uh, possibly easing up even more in terms of travel restrictions. And we saw among the top gainers, the likes of SIA, SATS and SIA Engineering all up at least 3%. Uh, We do still have ST Engineering 
uh, or rather, we have all three of them now giving back some of those gains. And right at the top is ST Engineering for now is up 0.5%. Capital Land Invest is up 3.4%. And you have Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust, Dairy Farm and Hong Kong Land rounding up those in the green right now. At the bottom, you have Yangjiajiang Shipbuilding down 1.4%. And the banks, you've got DBS leading the losses down by nearly 1% at 29.37. And we were talking about Biolytics earlier. Mm -hmm. It's extending the gains from yesterday. Now in the green by over 6%, extending the gains of 84% yesterday. Now trading at 25 cents. Thanks very much. Asian Pacific markets trending lower this morning. That was expected after U.S. equity markets fell overnight ahead of uh, the FOMC meeting and awaiting evidence that uh, Evergrande's situation will be remedied. 22 minutes past nine. Good to have you with me here on Your Money. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.